Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Hecate Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Finning, intuitive business coach, brand strategist, and certified yoga therapist. And here on the podcast, we are at the intersection of business expansion, feminine embodiment, ancestral healing, and soul awakening. So today I'm going to dive into how to live your most unapologetic life anywhere. So for those of you who know me or are getting to know me, um, a couple years ago, I moved with my two-year-old daughter, she'll be four in a week, um, to Mexico, and we are living our best lives here. And I had to work through things. Um, You know, if you've ever moved to another country or uh, decided to stand in your power and do something that maybe your family didn't want to do or society doesn't want you to do and really live your life the way you want to for you, um, your family, anything like that, there, you know there's things that um, you have to go through. And for those who are, are wanting to, to do that, your heart's calling you to do more, I'm going to share a little bit about how to create a flourishing business where you can work from anywhere. You know, whether you want to work from home, travel the world, be a digital nomad, or have an office to go to. I'm going to share that with you. And then how you also create your wildly fulfilling life on your terms. Because in this day and age, especially as women, we can do that. And that's a re- one of the reasons like, I love to share all of this. And I brought a podcast back and my wild wisdom retreats back. Um, is because for me, I know when I look at my maternal lineage, um, and even my father's mother's lineage, as women, especially even men, I mean, but I, I, I speak more to women, we were not able to live like we are now. You know, I sitting at my kitchen island and hosting a podcast and working with clients. I'm in Mexico working with U.S. clients all day um, and then traveling the world as I please with my daughter or visiting my parents in the U.S., our grandmothers and great-grandmothers and great-great-grandmothers were not able to do this. A lot of times they weren't even allowed to work and so or have any freedom. And I know when I tuned in, currently I'm working with lineage repair, the lineage repair process in my mother's mother's line, so my uh, maternal lineage. and. and one of the things that I found, it was like, they were, the, the feeling was, I'm not free. I'm a prisoner of my own home. And these, these were some deeper conversations that might come out uh, when I explore some stories with a friend in an interview in a future episode that I'll, I'll share. Um, but I know some of the stories of my grandmothers because the lineage repair process kind of starts, you start to really ask about your grandmothers and and their experience and really get to know them. And it's also important when learning to embody the feminine to know as much as you can about your mother's mother's lineage because this is where the feminine comes down. And a lot of times we have no idea how to embody it because we've never been shown how. And maybe our grandmothers, our mothers and grandmothers have not been able to embody it either. It, it may have been generations and generations and generations and generations ago when the feminine was fully intact in the lineage. So 
Um, but I, my friend and I are going to have a special conversation about that on a future episode. Um, so uh, one of the reasons is because our conversation kind of spurred, you know, I really should be sharing this and bringing back the podcast. So I, I can't wait to talk to Rita about this and share our experiences, our similar experiences. But today, because like I said, I, I do this work, I share this wisdom. My why is because I want to honor the women in my lineage and help women everywhere because I've been able to help break cycles for myself and, and then for my daughter. And so, um, and beyond, grandchildren and beyond, if she chooses to have children. But, um, so let's talk about, if you're sitting here going, you know, like, I love these aspects, of, you know, of my life, but gosh, I really long for a little more, a little more time flexibility, freedom to travel, my business to run more like clockwork and without me. And I'm not even sure, like, how to do that. Um, you know, I'd love to move somewhere and and work from another country um, or, you know, I just want to move to a different state in, in the U.S. Or, you know, it can be like you just want to change how you work in your life um, and not work nine to five anymore or, or that sort of stuff. Because um, if you've listened, listened to a past episode, you know that I brought my corporate mentality into my first business as a yoga studio and wellness center owner and was still working 10 to 12 hours a day. And so it wasn't until my daughter was born that I was like, or I was pregnant with her, that I was like, I need to do this differently. Um, my journey to the feminine started a long time before that, but, and everything comes in layers, right? But it's like, sometimes we're just like, I need to do something differently. So today I'm going to talk about how to intentionally design your business uh, so you have that freedom and flexibility, so you can have that freedom lifestyle, uh, how to navigate fear that comes up, um, and and it, it, how to navigate anything else that's holding you back, including limiting beliefs and family dynamics. So let's dive in. So when you are wanting these things, and everybody wants something different, not everybody wants to move to Mexico with a toddler, okay? And I get that. Um, so everyone wants something different. I had a client on retreat here in San Miguel and during the retreat, she was like, I would love to have like dual citizenship for my family. And she hadn't had a family yet, but like, she's thinking about it. And, and she was like, I would love to do that, but that would be totally not probably accepted by her parents. And and I said, well, you know, um, part of that is intentionally designed. The first step is intentionally designing your business to allow you the freedom to have dual citizenship. And she was thinking like the U.S. and Ireland or something like that, um, where they could live half the year in one place and, and that sort of stuff. Um, and so you have to first like, what What do you want your daily life to look like? And so if you're obviously, if you're driving or, or, or something to listen to this, you can't answer these questions, but when you have time, take a moment and journal these questions. What do you want your daily life to look like? This is one of the first questions I ask people uh, when I'm working with them because I, and I always reflect and evaluate this for myself. Do you, do you want to, have income coming in, you don't have to work very much. 
Do you want time with children if you have them? Do you want um, to only work a couple hours a day? Are you fine with working eight hours a day, four days a week? Do you want a four day week, work week? You know, like what do you want your daily life to look like? For me, I like having the freedom and I constantly evolve it and reflect on it. So I may work a few hours in the morning. Some weeks I may work all day. Um, I try to structure it around when I have a nanny, of course, and then, of course, when my daughter goes into school. But because I'm guilty of, of not doing this, and I'll be honest, um, but I try not to constantly work when my daughter's home. But there are times I'm inspired and or I have to get something done, and I do. Um, but intentionally, I try to continue to not work. Um, I can be a work a little bit of a workaholic. Uh, that's definitely in my ancestral line. Um, and so, so, but then I go, you know, okay, I really like working a few hours in the morning and then going to yoga Pilates or having my tango lesson. And then maybe I check some emails and then I, I, I'm done. And most of the time, I turn off my phone by five or six o'clock at night. I don't turn it on until most days. I'm not saying I'm perfect here, but most days I don't turn it on until like 8.30 once my nanny arrives because I want to be fully present with my daughter. Um, and so I, I just turn it off because I'm like, you know, what, there's not always an emergency. Um, and so and obviously we lived without phones before. So, so um, that's just how I look at things when I look at my daily life. So I want you to think, what do you want your daily life to look like? Because that's how, going to inform how you it, design your business to support and work for you. And it may be step by step. So um, if you're thinking of you want to live somewhere different or in a different way, where do you want to live? Do you want to work from anywhere and be a digital nomad? Do you want to have a home office? Or, or is it better for you to get out of the house? Um, because for me, like I work from home, so I will take any opportunity to go meet uh, someone for coffee and chat with them. Sometimes I'll go work, um, at a coffee shop, but if I have a meeting, I need great Wi-Fi, So I, I stay at home. If I'm writing, usually it brings up a lot of emotions. So I don't want to be in a coffee shop, like tearing up or crying. So, um, but I'm, I'm like, people like want to get on Zoom and I'm like, if you live in the city I'm in, we're meeting for coffee. Like I'm, I'm not getting on Zoom with you when I know you live 10 minutes away. So <laughs> I put my foot down about that. And um, because I love going to coffee and we have amazing coffee shops here and it's just like part of the lifestyle I love. Um, and so that's me. But like you have to think because when you're working for yourself as an entrepreneur, and I know you guys can relate to this, is that you have to discipline yourself. You have to have routine in order to get things done in a productive way and what works for you. So for some people, working from home and being isolated, or if you have kids at home and no nanny, you know, that sort of stuff, or like it's summertime and they're out of school, like it's chaos and you can't get as much done. 
some people don't thrive by themselves and they need a small team or co-working spaces or people to talk to, especially extroverts. And I'm like an introverted extrovert. Like I need my downtime and alone time to recharge. Uh, like you'll catch me. I'll go to the hot springs by myself. Like I, I'll have, eat by myself. I have no problem doing that. Um, probably because I traveled for years doing by myself. I've traveled all over the world by myself. And so I have no problem doing that. And I meet people everywhere. Um, but I also love networking and being too isolated makes me kind of depressed. So I need a, a balance. But everyone's different. So ask yourself, what are you like? Where do you want to live? Um, what lifts you up? So with, with the pandemic, so many people were like, ah, F this, I'm getting out of the city. And uh, the housing markets in Montana and Wyoming and everywhere, like went crazy. Indianapolis too, like India, people moved to Indiana, like they're like, get me out of here. Um, and so like, it's like, what lights you up? Where do you want to live? And it, it may be Mexico. It may be, uh, Florida. I, I don't know. And then or do you want to be a digital nomad? For me, I like to have a home base. I like to have a routine. When we go visit my parents, I tr the first time I tried to work and have meetings, and it was hell. I have to have a nanny because I can't rely on my mom because she gets pulled in different directions. And then, you know, can't show up on time because she's doing this for my dad. You know, like it's realistic. So the second time we visited, I was like, Okay, I'm not working. I mean, I might check my emails for a couple hours, do some, you know, computer work, but I'm not having meetings. And I just told my clients that I'm not scheduling meetings over these 10 days. And, you know, but I built my business to work like that. So think about where do you want to live? How do you want to work? You know, some people are working in Bali. There's a, um, a web designer I was going to hire, but she's in Bali and living her life there. Um, so just think about that. Like, how do you work best? What do you enjoy? And then think about structuring your business to support you. So maybe you're a solopreneur, maybe you have a small team, maybe you have a large team, um, or maybe you're wanting to grow. And so for me, I have about seven people, freelancers on a global scale. So my assistant's been with me for three plus years. She's in Venezuela. Um, and if you're looking to hire a VA, I can totally uh, recommend if you go to uh, a link in the show notes, elisafinnick.com forward slash resources, iWorker is what I use. Um, I will do a podcast in the future about hiring and delegating because I see that as a big issue of not knowing how to hire, fire, delegate, yada, yada. That is key to building a business that runs without you. Um, my social media guy, he's in, he's in South Africa. And um, I have for my agency a contracted story brand certified guide in Canada. I have some people in the US as well, a web developer. Um, so like I have a global team and we use Slack to communicate and everything. And I am still kind of the project manager. And for me, I'm ready to like um, focus just on my coaching and my uh, retreats, my wild wisdom retreats and slide in a project manager to handle the agency stuff. But like, we're always evolving and scaling, right? So do you want a global team? Some people like to be face-to-face -face with who they're working with, and I totally get that. Um, so I have a client here in San Miguel, 
and I helped her hire an assistant for her social media and kind of a personal assistant as well, partly because she's, she's 61 and she's like, I want to kind of know the person and she'd never had any help. She'd always done everything on her own, very masculine energy there, but that's what made her successful. But now she's like, I want to stay relevant and in demand. I need part of that is my social media account. And, but I need help with that um, because it's just not something I want to deal with and rebuild. I mean, she wants to rebuild it, but like not by herself. And I helped her hire and we found the best match. And, and um, I actually use her to do some videos for reels sometimes for myself. And so, but she wanted someone face to face. And so what's your comfort level? How are you going to expand your team? Do you know how to manage and scale a team? Um, so like I said, I'll do a future episode to talk about hiring like a boss and, and um, in my experience and what I recommend to look for when you're hiring um, and where to go. So how are you going to structure your business? Some people, some clients I've talked to, you know what, I'm just, I just want to work part time. I want to have five clients a week and that's enough and that's okay. Some people are like, yeah, no, I want to grow. Um, one of my clients in Connecticut, I, I helped her move from a solo practitioner as a psychotherapist into a clinical practice and group practice for the last couple years. And now she has five or six um, therapists working under her. I can't remember. Um, and um, let me make a note. That made me think of something. And so... Um, and, and, you know, and now she just hit her 2023 revenue goal in August. So she's already surpassing her 2023 revenue goal uh, because of some of the things we put in place. And, um, and she works all online now uh, and sees clients all online. So that allowed her, she was just in Italy for a few weeks with her boyfriend. Um, She's, like I said, has come to San Miguel uh, for a, a solo retreat with me. And, um, yeah, it's just continuing to evolve. And she's like, where can we take this? And now we meet quarterly and review her financials, make sure she's paying herself first, and then saving uh, for bonuses, and which will pay for vacations, taxes, yada, yada, yada. Sometimes people meet with me quarterly for that. Okay. So the structure of your business can go deep because it depends what you're doing. But do you want it to run by itself? Or, or if you want, you know, have you ever been on vacation and you're like, oh, I still have to work and I have to do this and blah, blah, blah. It's not really vacation and you can't be present with your family. Um, that's why you need to implement a structure that actually provides you to uh, get out of your business and allow it to work because then you can work on your business and drop into that creative space on, you know, a retreat with me or, or a retreat for, with your family. So um, the structure is really important. So then I want to talk about navigating fear. So uh, fear shows up and fear can show up in many ways as you start to go into entrepreneurship uh, leave the comfort of a corporate setting, which I don't personally think is that comforting anymore. I saw my father get laid off twice. And so I'm like, there's no security blanket anymore. There used to be. I'm going to live my life the way I want it because obviously there's no security, even if you work nine to five. 
Um, that's my personal opinion. Uh, but fear shows up. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone, okay? Sometimes you do need to work in the corporate environment or in a different way. Um, and that is a better fit for you. So uh, you, uh, you have to like go all in or go home, like sort of thing, like, because entrepreneurship is a roller coaster. And, um, and, and then if you decide to move and, and work from anywhere, just like I did, I moved to Mexico, fear shows up. So fear shows up when, when you're growing a business, fear shows up when you're moving. Um, and so like, these are things to navigate. And I'll give you my story and example. I've done, uh, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time. There's ebbs and flows. Um, and you just have to ride the waves. And so, but when I, so I had wanted to move to, to another country for 20 years and fear always held me back. I thought I'd move with a partner. That never happened. And after I had my daughter, I was like, I have my little partner. Let's go. Like now or never, if not now, when, right? And then it was like, okay, where? Well, you know, when I decided to do all this, like two months later, all hell broke loose and the pandemic started. So then I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't move somewhere with a six-month-old during a worldwide pandemic because there's so much uncertainty, you know, yada, yada. And after, uh, after you know, less than a year, I was like, my heart still wants, I mean, I crave culture and language and traditions and that sort of stuff. It's like I have to be immersed in it or traveling. And, um, and or a part of me is missing. And so I just knew that about myself. And we ended up looking at Mexico because of the proximity to the U.S. Plus it's rich in culture and traditions and food. And, um, and of course, another language, which was always on my bucket list. And so we came uh, from referral. I thought it'd be on the coast, but came up referral to San Miguel de Allende. And, um, and then... It was amazing. It was so easy. Like I went to dinners and had drinks and two people, you know, two nannies I had never met before, you know, I'd come to visit. We're taking my kids, kid to the park and the other kid that was with us. Um, and I felt completely at ease. Everything was easy about San Miguel. Um, plus it's 75 and sunny like year round. And I remember when I was trying to make the decision of, of moving, fear showed up because I, one day I just thought, it just dawned on me. I was like, I'm fighting ease because I didn't know what ease felt like in my life. I knew what working hard felt like. I knew what, um, uh, you know, forcing things, making shit happen, uh, like the working through chaos or chaotic environments. Um, every time I got a new job in, in the past, you know, I'd learn trial by fire. That's what I knew, you know, between childhood stuff, the workplace, all of that. But to actually have things be easy, that's what was coming up. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm afraid of something being easy and I'm fighting ease. 
So uh, think about if that's come up for you before, because, I mean, it just depends on your background. But that can come up because we don't know how to live in an easeful way. So fear can show up in so many ways, including showing up because we just don't know what it feels like to actually not live in chaos. So um, let me talk about how you can work through it. You know, some of it is the awareness of it, like I had. I was like, oh, my God, I'm fighting ease. And um, and I had to work through, you know, my dad was not happy about it and was real shitty to me about it. Now he's much better. I mean, of course, he wishes we lived in the U.S., but he was an asshole. And so, um, and I was like, I'm 41. Oh, my God, I have my own family. I'm going to do whatever I want. And, um, and, but that was a family dynamic issue. And I'm sure many of you can relate. There are a lot of family dynamic stuff that is at play when you are choosing to do what you want to do for you and your family. Um, so just recognize that. And some things that you can work through when you're working through fear, and we'll talk about limiting beliefs and family dynamics in a minute. You know, um, I think making sure that you're reflecting so that you're aware like when things are coming up if you feel like you're in a swirl you're full of fear and you want to make this move but your heart's calling you there your heart is not leading you astray the how will come out and play play out so um meditation of course journaling reflecting that helps you at least become aware and then what I think is most helpful, uh, clearing distortion patterns. And this kind of flows into our, our next subject of what else is holding you back and how do you work through it. Um, so uh, clearing distortion patterns is, is really key because there are things that are within our energetic bodies that we hold on to in spiritual bodies um and that we just don't understand like we don't know it exists we don't know why we don't even know sometimes it's playing out um and then it does and so this is this is the work of karen chung and sphericalluminosity.com which i'll link into the show notes um, but there are these patterns that are rooted in society, religion, culture, and ancestrally that we hold on to. They can be control patterns, abuse patterns. Um, they're just deeply rooted things that keep us stuck. So we can eat the cleanest diet in the world, we can exercise, we can meditate, and I mean, all of these are good things because we need to do them too. But there are still things that will keep us stuck. And if we don't address those uh, distortion patterns, we will not get to the root of things. And this is why I love family constellation work, ancestral lineage repair, and that sort of stuff too. Because it gets to the root. So these limiting beliefs um, and, and what uh, Karen Chong and SphericalLuminosity.com does, uh, does, and she has a, a YouTube channel with tons of 
video blog or like video podcast sort of stuff, similar to my YouTube channel, but she's had them for a long time with like 200 episodes. And then at the end, she does a group frequency calibration, which I highly recommend. And it's just a guided meditation. But if you're sensitive, like I am, like I feel everything move and I feel where I've been holding and I'm like, oh, I can't believe that like darkness from like a contract with darkness in my family lineage has kept me from this or that, like those sort of things. Like it's really crazy kind of stuff, but amazing. And there's, and I recommend doing them at night so you can detox in your sleep. Cause even sometimes the next day I feel a little sad or off because something just shifted. And then personally, just so you know, this is my recommendation. I do Qigong. Um, I practice wooming Qigong with Grandmaster Lu, and um, and that helps clear it from my body and my energetic field because she's like clearing it from your spiritual field. So anyway, but these family patterns, these subconscious family patterns, unresolved trauma in our lineage, um, and like I said, societal, religious, cultural things all play out and so limiting beliefs play out i i've had my own called out on me i remember um my friend lisette she she was like i not, i was kind of getting over the trading out uh, for dollars thing but i still thought i need to work eight hours a day and um and when i packaged things it was kind of based on an hourly thing so it, i had moved away from it in somewhat respect but not and she called me out on my bullshit. And I was like, oh, I'm still thinking I need to work all day because that's what we're trained, right? 40 hours a week, um, you know, that sort of stuff. And, and it's like a construct, a social construct. Um, and we don't have to do that. We can do all kinds of stuff. I remember when I listened to a podcast with the woman, I think, who created elimination communication for your kids to learn how to pee, like when their babies are a lot younger. Um, and she's like, I work three hours a day. And I was like, that is my goal. And she's like, I hide my phone, you know, because it's so easy when you're an entrepreneur and a mom, like, you know, and being on the phone takes away from being present with your children or anyone. And so um, I was like, that's what I want. I want to work less than three hours a day. And so I'm continuing to work towards that. And sometimes I, that's what, that's all I do. It just depends. Um, but there are limiting beliefs on how we should be in this life and how we should work. And so um, I've talked to clients. I was doing a brand transformation with a client. Um, and she first wanted to talk about bringing, you know, keeping evolving her yoga studio online she was pregnant with her second child or she is technically um and and it was like it, you really need to think about because two little children at home like and you trying to build a business and move from the corporate setting and not go back to work like it's going to be a lot and um and it's like and you may be the default parent even if you you know have help like that can happen and I said, you may want to think about structuring. And in our conversation, we moved away from the yoga studio. Uh, that's actually still a component. And into using her background uh, in corporate into, you know, you can do eight-week mindfulness um, 
sessions. You can, uh, she loved sustainability and lived near the ocean. Like you can combine that because corporations have sustainability and employee wellness um, initiatives. The right ones do. And she had a background working for big corporations like Taco Bell and that sort of stuff. So like they have different cultures. And um, so working out like who's the ideal client, obviously a, a client that doesn't value their employees is not an ideal client. And I said, and then rather than like, oh, we teach the weekly yoga class, like you're, you're not doing that because that's can, not very lucrative. Um, you filter into your online studio. But I remember her like having these kind of things like, oh, well, but I need to learn all the marketing first before I could delegate and hire someone. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Like, you don't have to know everything. You just need to hire and manage and fire. You know, like, you need to learn that. Like I said, I'll have a future episode about that. Um, and then we, in another conversation, in a follow-up conversation, we talked about, okay, like, you don't have to be the only one who um, teaches the eight-week mindfulness class. What you can do is, okay, you're doing this, I don't know what it's called, positive psychology training, there's Google, there's other, other you know, eight-week trainings, and then you have a list of approved trainings where you will accept someone who has this training to teach for your, um, for your company to another company and place them. And then you can be at home taking care of your kids and enjoying life and just managing the background. And you can fill in if someone doesn't show up or something like that. But like you can structure it like that. You do not have to. But her, her limiting belief was thinking she had to do it all. This is very common. I need to know how to do it all before I can actually hire other people to work for me or do things for me. And it was like, no, you don't. And I just remember having that conversation. So these limiting beliefs play out. There's a lot of, I can't, and, and I'll tell you, like, I remember um, my father said, like, oh, what it was, I, I can't remember, oh, that I wanted to take care of my child and write my book and, and work online. And he was like, that's, I can't remember what he said, but it's something like, that's a dream or like, that's unrealistic. That's what he said. That's unrealistic. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and this is my stubbornness, which I did get from him. Um, and I've always been like, watch me, watch me do it. Not, not necessarily in response to him, but I've always been like that. If I was told, no, you can't do it. Sure. I have my moments where I think thought I couldn't or something, but most of the time I would be like, watch me. Like I remember having a, um, uh, and I got, I think I got this from my father's father's lineage. Like, um, so I'm grateful for that and that stubbornness and determination and stepping into my power that comes from my father's father's lineage after I studied, um, their, their line. And it's like, I remember in college, it's like, oh, you can't find a paid internship. You'll have to find the best ones are unpaid. And I was like, F that, like, I have to pay the bills, like, you know, I don't, I'm, I, I don't have anybody else doing that for me right now. So what did I find? I found a co-op where I got paid. I worked one semester and then went to school another semester 
And I worked in public relations and got paid and learned I didn't love working in public relations, which paved the way to some other things. But, you know, it was like, no, watch me, watch me do something else. So I encourage you to take that, some of that fire from me and, and really try to look at things in a different way and step out of these family dynamics, these subconscious family patterns, unresolved traumas that play out. We also have resilience and these limiting beliefs. The first step is the awareness. And sometimes, you know, that's where a coach comes in, like, or a friend uh, who like really sees what's going on. And when we connect with other like-minded women or entrepreneurs, um, you know, it's easier to see these things because what unfortunately is true is that sometimes those closest to us, and this has been my experience, of course, it's not always the, the same experience, but because of the family dynamics, sometimes those closest to us aren't the most supportive when we want to go off in a different way because it triggers our, uh, we will trigger other people's personal things, their beliefs, their limiting beliefs about what they can do or that they weren't able to do this, but you could and that sort of stuff there and so on and so on. So don't take it personally. Um, just know that that's their stuff. Um, uh, personally, I think my father was a little jealous, uh, when I decided to do certain things on my own because he thought that he couldn't, you know, I don't know. I haven't talked to him about that, but, um, we have a great relationship now, but we had to like, kind of go toe to toe and I had to just go, no, you know, I'm doing this. And, um, and you may have that experience, maybe not. You know, um, not everybody has um, certain family dynamics, but I found that everybody has a some, you know, on some level. Um, I have a client who on retreat we talked about, like I helped her connect. Um, a lot of things she was going through was connected to the mother wound and had her read um, a book on retreat it didn't start with you by Mark Wollen, which I've mentioned before, and really understand, um, you know, that connection because what happened for her was that, <coughs> excuse me, she, uh, her family um, went in, into wealth, or um, you know, their, their her father's business really took off. And her mother ended up hiring a nanny who's still part of the family, but like in the sense of not just to help out, but like to take over. And so she was raised by her nanny, not her mother. And that, you know, that has happened before and realize how much, you know, that disconnect um, caused some things. And so what I do a lot of times is connect the dots when I'm, I'm with someone on retreat. And, um, and so she was like, whoa, she wasn't ready to quite dive into that because that's the whole thing but she understood and um and then real and and she had this thing about thinking you know her family didn't think she could succeed and every time we meet especially because i look at the numbers with her um because that's not her forte and i really show her she thinks she's failing and i'm like oh my god you're doing amazing and being that cheerleader and so it's sometimes you know those closest to us um, they just don't understand. 
they, they don't understand. And so we have to move beyond the family dynamics if we want to live our most unapologetic life. It doesn't mean we can't have great relationships with our family. We just have to follow our heart and let the, um, what's the saying, like let the chips fall where they are or whatever. I don't know if I'm saying it right. But, um, and just know there's layers upon layers affecting that. So um, I have a practice at least once a week, and I usually do it on the weekends, um, of doing one of the Karen Chong Spherical Luminosity uh, group frequency calibrations. And I had done all the free ones a while back, and now I do more of the deep dives, and I repeat them, some of them, you know, and just once a week continue to clear those things. And then I do Qigong. I did Qigong this morning. Um, and, you know, my daughter wakes up halfway through it. And you know what? She just plays while I finish. She knows. Like, mommy, mommy does her Qigong and then the Dragon Stands meditation at the end. Some, some days, not every morning. Um, and then that's, that's how I kind of move those things because they affect us. And they really, really make a difference. So I hope that I know this has been packed full of information. Um, between how to intentionally design your business, navigate that fear, uh, what else is holding you back, like limiting beliefs, family of origin issues. But there's a lot to work through. And step by step, your heart does not lead you astray. And uh, the, the distortion patterns will lead us astray. Um, that's why energetically we bring some things in that maybe aren't always a good fit. It's also when we clear those, it's why, like, for example, I could move to Mexico and be embraced with open arms um, and have ease. And so it's like there's just different things that play out. But if you're really looking to pivot and make a change, whether it's just in your life or in your business, these things come up and these are the ways that you can work through them. And as always, I have, you can, I, I actually, I haven't really announced this um, on the podcast. So I'm bringing back my wild wisdom retreats. Um, the last time I hosted was when I was pregnant, or actually, no, it was like when I was six weeks postpartum with my daughter. I was, probably shouldn't have done that. But I had 17 women come. Uh, it was just, uh, we were local in Indiana. But it was beautiful. And I integrate um, yoga therapy, ancestral wisdom, and now business expansion um, and talking about that. And it's designed for female entrepreneurs, but I mean, any woman is welcome. But we will really talk about all of these intersections while traveling the world. And so in 2024, we are headed to Mexico, of course, um, and Tanzania and Scotland. So, and I have created uh, a membership program where you can pay a low monthly payment to join these luxury retreats. And so the, the link is in the show notes to download the program guide or feel free to DM me on Instagram and I'll, I'll, give, I'll send you the program guide. My Instagram uh, link is down below as well or just search for my name. And I look forward to welcoming you on a Wild Wisdom Retreat or Solo Retreat uh, here in San Miguel. And these are the times where we can really work on our businesses, work on that path towards that wildly fulfilling life and business that we desire 
And what are the next steps to get us to the next level of success? Because when we're in the daily to like daily to do's and day to day of everything, it's hard to know where we want to go. So we have to take a step back and integrating the feminine is really important because we need the balance of, we have to build the masculine around our vision of uh, that is the feminine. Okay. And instead of just doing masculine based off of, we just think we need to do this and work hard. Right. So I invite you uh, to join me on a wild wisdom retreat and look forward to the next episodes. I will have some interviews soon with some special guests, as well as continue to deliver um, these amazing topics and getting in depth. And feel free to join into our Facebook group and ask more questions or reach out to me anytime. Thank you and have a wonderful rest of your day.